But even so, like Arkansas versus New Jersey, where I grew up. That's right, y'all. It's totally different. You it's guys. Different. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I've picked up on that. I tend to say you guys more than y'all. Yeah, I don't like saying y'all. It doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> it was not right for you. Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound right at all. Yeah, I can't even say it. What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. Well, welcome back to the What's Inside podcast. I'm sitting here next to my friend, Ken Edwards. Ken Edwards. We don't want to talk over each other like we did in the last episode, like bumbling. I'm sure we'll do it again. We will. We will. But I'm here. I'm Eric Nordoff. I'm your co-host. And we are diving into this journey of self-discovery. And um, today we're talking about world view. Yeah. And why don't we just talk about our worldviews right at the moment? As we're recording this, it is an election year. When you listen to this, it's going to be decided. It's going to be kind of fun. It's going to be decided. It will be. It might be fun or it could be a total disaster. Yeah. Who our next president will be. So who are you voting for, Eric? <laughs> ah, you, you asked me before I was going to ask you. I am not going to answer that question, but uh, I think we will have a good drink over the topic and maybe we'll talk about it off air. Yeah, I would plead the fifth to the same question as well. And <laughs> I think I would want to drink a fifth if I had to answer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But the, it's so interesting. It's a great exercise in worldview. If you just flip the channels between CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, NPR, you know, if you kind of just flip through those channels, you will get a, a really great insight in America to worldview. Or just look at your Facebook, which <laughs> I refuse to do. Because if you're like me, you have friends that are all over the planet when it comes to their political opinions. Yep. <laughs> and which I love that because I love my friends, but their statements of political current American yeah. political view. And yeah. It's interesting. It is fascinating. Yes, it is. And I think with social media, I find that I just can't take it so personally. And that's hard for me. Yeah. It is because it sucks you in to have an argument. It can. Yeah. You have to really put yourself in an intellectual place as you approach it <laughs> and just go, this yeah. is a, a study in human nature. And actually don't drink when you're doing it because you will say and do things that you will regret the next day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally teasing about that. Yeah. But Twitter, Twitter is really bad. Like I find that there's just some nasty discussions that go on there. It's so interesting to look at how social media removes filter for some people because they're not sitting across and it's like, we don't think about the impact that we're making. No. We don't. And Twitter, it just seems like people don't care. Facebook is more personal, definitely. But I think the kindest social media to me is Instagram. It is. It's the one I actually pay the most attention to. Yeah. I just find it to be a lot less stressful. You know, I understand that some people put their personal views up there, but they're never, for some reason, taking a photo or video or, you know, it's just a place to share and be more your authentic self, right? I would hope seems so. Like. I mean, I've seen some things on there that were a little harsh, right. but often it seems like with Instagram, there's a playfulness about it yeah. that I enjoy. I do too. All right. Well, we've solved the world's problems here in our little four minute escapade into worldview. And, but now we're going to really talk about what do you believe 
about the world. It's a big part of this overall self-discovery. Right. And there's no way to capture this in a single podcast either. Seems like we say this every episode. Because it's just true. We're talking about big things. Right. And that's why we're going to be doing this for years. Because we'll drill down. We are. And talk more specifically and intimately about some of this stuff. But it's important to consider, you know, what do I believe about the world that I live in and how I engage with it? It is. It's super important. And and as we were kind of planning and discussing this episode, we sort of came up with three general areas of worldview that we can get into. So let's talk about the first one, which is, do you have a positive or a negative worldview? Yeah. And I like to think about that in terms of an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset, because typically people that are more positive, more hopeful, have more of an abundance mindset. And what I mean by that is they have a general belief that there's enough to go around. They're not trying to hold on too tightly. People that have a negative or a scarcity mindset tend to hold on more tightly. So an example would be in my profession, often uh, counselors, it's a hard career path and it's easy for counselors to get into a scarcity mindset. Like these are my clients Mm. and I've tried to go the other direction because I I like to be more hopeful, be more abundant. And it it sets you free professionally because if you have someone that reaches out for counseling, if you're living in fear, you might hold on to a client that's not a good fit for you. And for me, I've always tried to move those clients along to someone that's a better fit. Or if I make a transition in my practice, like I did several years ago, I stopped working with trauma, clients that had trauma. I would move them on to a colleague that I had a lot of respect for that was great at doing trauma. Yeah. And, but if I'm living out of fear and out of scarcity, I would be tempted to keep them for my own sake, for my own income, my own benefit, and which I'm not serving them as well. And I'm not even caring for myself because if I'm burned out on that, I'm just taking a hit right. that I shouldn't take. And you're not going to give the best of yourself to, to anyone No, when you're in that mode. And I'll, I'll say this on a personal note, sometimes immediately my first thought is on a surface level, I have an abundance mindset. All right. That's what I think. But then I go to, well, if someone were to pay me a lot of money, might I be tempted to choose that person as a client? Right. If I was in your shoes. Right. Yeah. That would, I actually would find it to be, or if I was struggling financially and I needed the work, I might have a little more of a scarcity mindset. Do you think it flexes depending on your life situation? Um, no, or, no, no question it does. Yeah, yeah I, I think it does. And there's a, a line of, of where do you draw the line of integrity? Yeah. Like there's some work that I do very well that isn't my favorite work. And if I'm in a, a season that I'm hungry professionally, it's like I need clients, I'm likely to take those clients because I know I can serve them well. Yeah. It may not be the most fun for me, but it's okay. That's just part of life. And I'm grateful for those clients. I'll serve them well. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. But if I have a preference, I'm going to take, there's a sweet spot over here yeah. of clients that I prefer to, to work with, but there's a place where I could cross that line where I could do the work, but my heart wouldn't be in it. And I need to have the integrity to let go of those clients. Right. And if you have more of an abundance mindset, it's easier to let go. Yeah. Cause you know that there's more work coming. Right. And you, you're not going to live in fear of, man, I've got to get it while I can. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable about that because that's that's an important thing for us and you, the listener, to become aware of is what sort of worldview, positive, negative, abundance, scarcity, are you acting out of and living in? 
Right. And we all deal with it. Right. And I've worked with clients in the same industry. I'm thinking about two gentlemen in particular. One had an abundance mindset, one had a scarcity mindset. Now, both of them were successful, but the one that had a scarcity mindset missed out on opportunities because he would clutch or hold on so tightly that he wasn't willing to reach out or be more flexible or the one that had an abundance mindset, he was more open, more available. In fact, there was a, a study I read several years ago. Interesting, this gentleman had been a magician that wound up going back to school and getting a PhD in clinical psychology is from the UK. <laughs> right. And he did a study over in England where he was measuring optimism and pessimism. So he had two groups of people, one that was self-described optimist and self-described pessimist. And he created this fictitious newspaper and that had ads in the newspaper. And so he had each group count the ads. And at the end of the, the time, if they had counted the ads accurately, they would get 20 pounds or mm-hmm. roughly $30. And so they would start counting the ads and about a third of the way in, there was an ad that read, there are 30 ads in this newspaper. <laughs> well, the optimist without fail would say there are 30 ads. And they said, oh, good job. Keep counting the ads. So they keep counting the ads about two thirds through the newspaper. There was another ad that read, ask for your 20 pounds now. <laughs> and they go, can I have my 20 pounds? And they were like, Sure. They gave him the 20 pounds. They were done. <laughs> and the pessimist would go through and count the ads. Right. They would read the ad that said there are 30 ads. They just kept counting. They didn't trust it. Right. It was like a trick. And then they'd come to that ad that says, ask for your 20 pounds now. Yeah. No, they didn't do There's it. There's something fishy about no this. fishy. They would count to the end and there were indeed 30 ads. <laughs> there were 30 ads and they did get their 20 pounds. They did, but they went all the way through it. Interesting. Yeah. And they just processed through that. And it wasn't that pessimist had more problems or more issues in life because they kind of did a deeper dive. And so they would have pretty equivalent troubles in life. But the optimist immediately would think about how could I work around this? What's a way that I could leverage this negative thing that happened where the pessimist worldview tended to go, yep, see, there you go. Life's hard. Just like I thought. Uh, I'm just going to get rained on. And so that's the thing that tends to color that kind of worldview. Yeah. So an abundant mindset has a, a general belief that there's a way to work things out. There's a way around. There's enough. And and so they tend to have a more generous spirit. And so they tend to give more and they tend to be happier people. Uh, scarcity mindset tend to be stingy, generally speaking, um, painting with a broad brush. They tend not to be as happy. Now they can they certainly have happiness. They have joy in their life. They're not necessarily miserable. It's just how they view it. It's just how they view it. It's their worldview. It's their worldview. So this is a great place of, of honesty, I think, as we, we're going to give you some action items and one main thing to do by the yeah. end of this episode here. But it's important to not judge yourself here, right? You're wanting to be honest mm-hmm. about your worldview and not think that, well, you've just said, well, it, it would be easier for you if you would, uh, if you'd be more optimistic, but it's important for you not to say, oh, well, then I'm going to be optimistic. No, it's not about where you're going or where you might move towards yet. Right now, we're still dealing with what's your worldview? Who are you? That's right. What have you been? Right. And who are you in terms of your world? Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So the second aspect of this is also just as important. 
And that's all about what are your values and where do those values come from? Right. Yeah. So often those values are discovered early on in your family of origin. And as you experience life and have experiences educationally and otherwise that begin to shape your values. So what is it that you believe? You know, the abundance and scarcity mindset are often a part of those values. Yeah. And so they do get mixed, but we have things that we really value mm -hmm. and that shapes our worldview. Yeah. So if we value education, for example, that's going to shape how we approach the world. And we're going to tend to value things that are maybe more educational that feed us in that way. If we don't value education, then we're not going to tend to be as curious, mm -hmm. for example, and uh, we don't want to know. And most of my friends are always learning something. They're always reading something, studying something, listening to things. Like I, in drive time, I'm always listening to NPR because I always learn something. Right. And I value that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I'm a podcast listener, of course. Right. And I, too. I love doing that. It's part of the joy I get in learning and I value that. Also, religious beliefs play a role, right? They do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you have a, a Christian worldview or a Jewish worldview or Islamic or atheist, what you believe from a faith perspective, and everybody has some kind of faith faith. They have some kind of belief. Even an atheist that believes in nothing tends to believe in science. And so there's something that is guiding your worldview in that way. And so the more that you can understand that and understand that about the world around you, you're not alone. In worldviews, we tend to think that our worldview is the right one. Yeah. We tend to, humans just tend to be very egocentric in that way. Yeah. And that is not accurate. And it's actually really wise to expand your horizon and listen to other points of view and develop friendships other than people that believe and think the same way you do. And But we have to develop an open-mindedness and a curiosity about that. Yeah. 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 That does take some intention to reach out. I was just listening today. There was a little study that was done about how we Tend to nine out of 10 people, I believe, don't know someone who has a different political view, for example, than you. And uh, that's not surprising, actually. I mean, we tend to congregate with those who believe similarly. To me, it's part of what's culturally dangerous for us right now, the world that we live in, because we can so easily become siloed because the electronic media have dial in so quickly oh, yeah. to what we prefer. They tend to feed us that. Yeah. And it's important that we step outside. It's one of the reasons why I listen to NPR. I'm generally fairly conservative. They tend to have more of a liberal point of view. That is not threatening to me. I value that. I want to be challenged because I'm not always right. And so to, to be able to hear other points of view so we can grow and learn. And I've got friends from every walk of life because I want to collect those people and hear what they have to say. And it challenges me to love well. Yeah, it is. It, it sharpens you, doesn't it? It does. So that kind of leads us to the third general worldview, and that's a geopolitical worldview. Yes, that's right. Where so, you grow up. Yeah, where you grow up. And so we all have some kind of experience with that, whether we're in our country, uh, whether we're a Democrat or a Republican or independent. But even so, like Arkansas versus New Jersey, where I grew up. That's right, y'all. Totally different. <laughs> You it's guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's funny. I've picked up on that. I tend to say you guys 
Yeah. More than y'all. Yeah. Um, I don't like saying y'all. It doesn't sound right to me. (laughs) It was not right for you. Yeah, it isn't. (laughs) It doesn't sound right at all. I can't even say it. I can get away with it, but yeah. But that's part of your geopolitical worldview, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. I grew up in, in Arkansas, which tended to be in the corner of the state, tended to be very Republican. And there was a pride in being redneck. Now that redneck means something very different today. You know, back then it was more about work ethic and conservative values. And today it's such a moniker for having a particular racial view yeah, where it's more white supremacy and that kind of thing. And so I don't, I don't even use that anymore right. to describe myself, but it's one of those things that you can, I grew up with as kind of having some pride in. Uh, who is the comedian? You might be a redneck if. Oh yeah. I'm blanking out. What was his name? <laughs> Or is his name? He's still around. around. But anyway, that was kind of the joke. And that's sort of where it, you know, people just self-deprecated themselves. Absolutely. You might be a redneck if. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but that's how it is formed even our country. But being from Germany or my family being from Germany, there is a huge difference between people who came from the southern part of Germany, Bavaria, versus the north part of Germany or even East, former East Germany. There's just a huge difference in dialect and in culture. There's a much different tendency. So do they have rednecks in Germany? They, they do. And they're in Bavaria. Okay. Yeah. The rednecks, it's kind of funny because they are in the South as well, but it's, yeah, I can barely understand someone who's from Bavaria, the mountains. They kind of have this mountainous dialect, more farming mentality. So, but that's just, you know, that's kind of a stereotype and a generality, but it's true. Intercountry amongst different countries. Of course, you, you can talk about England and France and how they hate each other. And you can see it where we live. You know, different parts of the metropolitan Nashville area yeah. have different opinions about folks that are from different places. Right. It's just, it's so funny. Counties, and, Davidson County versus Williamson County. Right. Or Rutherford County yeah. versus Williamson County. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Williamson County tends to think that we're better than Rutherford County. Well, we are, aren't we? (laughs) I I think so. (laughs) No, No, not really. No. But it's just amazing how you can have those little particular and even subgroups. I've had clients of, I had one client that did a rant on soccer moms in their minivans and their (laughs) cell phones and all that stuff. And I just kind of smiled and I said, you're talking about my wife, (laughs) who my client actually happen to know my wife and she said, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I just wanted to make a point yeah. that we kind of get these pictures of life, these worldviews. And sadly, often they become an us versus them. Yeah. Which is in our current geopolitical world is happening everywhere. Yeah. You racially, especially racially. as well. And yeah, every, it becomes this us versus them. And it's like, it needs to become about we and us mm-hmm. and how can we understand and come together. And so this is a very big topic, a very hot topic. But yeah, not one that you should shy away from. This no. is the really important to be honest here about your background yeah, and your and worldview. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to just take time and think about these different categories that we've laid out for you today. And I want you to just quickly in a bullet point form, write out what's your worldview. Are you a scarcity mindset person or abundance mindset? That can change over time if you're willing to challenge yourself. What are your values and how does that shape your worldview? What's your faith perspective and how do you view the world through that lens? How do you rule in, rule out people based on your faith? Because that needs to be shaped by the overarching foundation for me, Christianity, is love. 
So how do you love your neighbor? And then what's your geopolitical view? And and how do you think about it as a wide angle zoom lens, like on a camera? How do you personally zoom in? And then how do you zoom out? And how does that change how you view people in your community and then in the larger community of our yeah. country and the world? Yeah, that's really, really good. So that's your exercise for this week is to write your personal worldview statement. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think that's uh, something I've never done. Again, it's just uh, another thing to add into your journal. No wonder why your clients tell you they have tons and tons of journals. Right. Absolutely. So write that out. Be honest and then look at it and ask yourself, is this really who I want to be or is there a place that I'd rather be? Yeah. Is there a place that's more life giving for me and for those around me? Yeah. Good questions to ask. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so that kind of covers our activity and that covers this topic today. Today. We're going to dive for today. So next week, what are we going to dive into? I think we're diving into observational view. Yeah, it's. I want to help you develop an observational view of yourself and of others because often we don't know how to kind of look at ourselves outside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some really good tips and tricks, I think. This this is a powerful tool. Powerful tool. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate uh, always being with you. Thank you. And thank you, the listener, for joining us. Again, if you want to learn more, you can always go to providentleadership.com. There'll be show notes that are going to direct you to various different links for every one of our episodes. And if you think of it, give us a rating and review on iTunes, especially because when you do that, yeah, when you do, more people will find us as a result. All right. We'll be back next week where we're diving into observational view of self and others. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. Music.